welcome to the AFS Exchange. I'm Kate Mulvihill. In honor of the 75th anniversary of AFS, founded in 1947, we will be releasing four episodes this month. That's four times the stories of the impact AFS has had on the lives of its participants over the years. And yes, if we think about 75 years of AFS Exchange students and host families, volunteers, sending families, that's a lot of people. There's also the friends that students make while on program, their connections with their teachers and other members of their community. How many lives have been affected by AFS at this point? Really, it's, it's in the millions. I can't get more exact than that because there really is no way to measure it, but I'm glad that I get to hear a few of them and share them with you. So what's the goal of AFS? It's passing peace forward. AFS empowers people to become globally engaged citizens by delivering meaningful intercultural experiences. AFSers help create a more just and peaceful world, and they've been doing it for 75 years now. In this episode, we're focusing in on the impact of AFS on one family in particular, Dana, Camille, Ricardo, and Yasmin. For some brief backstory, Dana's mother, Camille, hosted an exchange student from Brazil in 1974-1975. That student was Ricardo, who has been a part of their family ever since. A few years later, in 1977, Dana went to Turkey with AFS. Yasmin was her host sister, and despite having no common language at the time, they quickly became friends and found other ways to communicate. A few years ago, Yasmin reached out to Dana online and they reconnected. So, Dana, Camille, Ricardo, and Yasmin. We managed to all be on a Zoom call together at once. Dana's in Connecticut and Camille's in New York. Ricardo was in the U.S. from Brazil, staying with Dana. Yasmin, who is originally from Turkey, called in from where she now lives in Germany. It was a fun conversation, and it was clear how much they care about each other. In AFS's 75-year history, there are so many stories like the one I'm sharing today. The impact that AFS has had on the lives of its participants over the years is immeasurable. But we can try to show that in some way through highlighting stories like this one. Oh, here she is. Oh, Yasmin, let's see your face. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you, Yasmin. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Hi, Dana. Hi, Kate and Ricardo. Hi. So for some introductions. I'm Dana Rutson. I live in Westport, Connecticut, and I was an AFS exchange student, and we also hosted Ricardo. Where Carter was 74 to 75, and I was in Istanbul in 77. I'm Camille Linen. I live in Portchester, New York, which is about 40 minutes outside of New York City. I've been living here for a long, long time. I teach still, and I teach online now. I teach English as a second language, but when Ricardo knew me and when he was in school, I was a teacher at the high school. That's me. Hello, I'm Ricardo Ferreira. I'm a gaucho. I was born way down in the south of Brazil, almost in the border with Uruguay. Uh, I came to the States in 1974 for the full year program. I stayed with this beautiful family, the Linen family. Currently, I've, I've had a career in travel all my whole life, travel and events. Hi, I'm Yasmin Modler. I live in Germany, but originally I am from Turkey. Uh, I was the hosting family for Dana. It was a pleasure for us. I'm very honored to be here today. 
Camille first heard about AFS through a friend and welcomed a student for a few days on one of AFS's early bus trips. She later decided to host a student for a year, Ricardo from Brazil. And um, what I was really interested in is I have three daughters, right? What I was really kind of, the only thing I wanted is let's have a boy. (laughs) Let's have a, a young man come because that would be a real interesting addition to our family. And I have been amazed at what they do, AFS, ever since. It's just amazing organization. Yeah, so I was the youngest of three daughters and Camille is my mom. And she said, you know, we're going to host a student and we had Ricardo come and we're all very excited. And like she said, you know, we had, now we had a brother, we could tease him. We were very, we had a lot of fun. But what was the reason I said my mom should be with us today is because she and Ricardo really were the backbone for me of what sparked AFS. To watch the connection that my mother and Ricardo had, and truly he is my brother, he's my mother's son. Um, It was inspiring to me. And um, I was young and busy with my life and he was in high school, but I really, it it touched me, uh, their closeness. And I had traveled to Germany when I was 11 to see my aunt, but this was a different kind of connection. And I I think that being, being, being sent to a family with three girls, my family, my family is a very traditional family from Brazil. I mean, the father has the role of a father, the mother has the role of, of a mother, the, the roles are very clear, you know, uh, and then I'm transplanted to this family with three girls, sophisticated to my standards, very sophisticated culturally. So, so I think that adaptation, she was divorced, you know, she was divorced. When my mother heard that she was divorced, my mother was like, you can't go. <laughs> I remember telling my mother, mom, she's normal. I know. <laughs> It's normal, you know. To my mother, that was like a big, a big thing because we didn't have divorced people in Brazil. Fortunately, Ricardo was able to adapt. And over the course of the year, he formed a close connection with Camille and her family. And Dana could see the value that AFS had brought to her life via Ricardo. So not long after Ricardo left, she applied for an AFS program with the full support of her mother. You know, my mother is also very encouraging of my very independent spirit. And when I was placed in Turkey, she said I was scared because it was a year of Midnight Express, the movie. I had left it blank. I didn't put any choices. In those days, you could put where you might want to go if you had a choice. And so my mother looked at me and she said, well, you don't have to go, but you did say anywhere. Um, and so she really encouraged me. And, and then uh, to meet Yasmin, Really, I had the most wonderful family. My intention was to have someone from original native speaking English person to have more time together that I can get some practice because at that time I didn't know English, but my intention was to learn English and this easiest way is to speak out, you know? So, and I heard about this program, I thought, why not? And we try, and it was our intention. AFS had placed us together with the impression that I had spoken some German because my aunt, my mother's sister lives in Germany and I had visited her, but in fact, I didn't. So they came to us about a week later, Yasmin, about a week later and said, we understand there's no common language here, so we can put you with another family if you'd like. And I looked at all of them and I said, no, I love them. 
And we never had a common language until about three years ago when Yasmin found me on Facebook. And now we've opened up the floodgates and we're like a love story um, because we, we have so much now we have to say that we couldn't say. So, and I did want to mention that when Yasmin and I finally Zoomed after all these years, I had just found my journal. I kept a journal from my experience and in it, it says, I talked to my Turkish mother all day today. And when I spoke to her, this is a true story. She said, I just spoke to my mother today before we Zoomed. And she said, oh, Dana and I would have long talks all day. So it wasn't one-sided. It was, we communicated without language. We went beyond language. And I think everyone here can do that. And I think that's the power of AFS. Thank you for sharing that, Dana. So what sorts of, what sorts of things would you communicate about while finding alternative methods to communicate? Yasmin was playing the guitar at the time and she would play Fernando from ABBA and she would sing it in her English version and I would sing with her. And then she taught me some Turkish songs. Ricardo the same, when he came to stay with us, we're a very musical theater family and Ricardo is like last night we had a family gathering and Ricardo sang for his niece, my sister's daughter, who's 11. And then she sang to him. So there was this music connection with all of us in common, funny enough. Um, I still remember the songs Yasmin taught me in Turkish. And then also um, remember my Turkish English dictionary, Yasmin? I had the, the dictionary. We didn't have it online in those days. And my Turkish mother would point to a word and then we go, oh, I get it. You know, so we, we did that. Ricardo had very good English language skills, I think when he came here. So we really communicated pretty easily, but we also teased him a lot when he got words wrong. <laughs> well, so. yes. And funny, funny, funny things that, that he knew. A lot of uh, vernacular, a lot of sl slang that, that we taught him. And his friends taught him, his American friends. And then he would probably say them in the wrong time in the wrong place. But that was because he could do that. <laughs> he knew he could get away with it. I want to say about Yasmin that we really said this on our Zoom call a couple of weeks ago that we really, it sounds very corny, but we communicated through the heart. We, we looked at each other. We, we somehow just, and with all, everyone in the family, Tariq and her father who passed several years ago, I was very close to her father and he was, I would say old fashioned, yes. Uh, but um, they're very warm people and there really wasn't language needed sometimes, you know. I had to go sometimes to school and let her alone with my mom. <laughs> when I came back after hours, and they told me, oh, your mom told me this story and how could you speak to each other, you know? so for hours and they could they could tell me many things you know so i was very surprised just with the dictionary you know they showed each other so this was i think very good for me to see and i learned how she could adapt herself so easily how she could be so open to a new culture to everything okay she came with us to everywhere i don't know to a mosque or to go shopping. She was a very good sample for me 
for years. And now after years, I changed country. I live for years now in Germany. I did the same, but I learned from here. Thank you, Dana. Oh, that's great. Oh, a lot of what Jasmine said is just exactly how I felt about Ricardo. I felt like he changed my life because he made me understand that it's not where you come from. It's not what language you speak, what your culture is. It's the soul that you connect with. And AFS is should be required of all human beings, that kind of exposure to other cultures and other people. And we wouldn't have problems. We wouldn't have wars. I mean, I can't tell you how Ricardo changed my perception of, of life and, and the world. And I think I wouldn't have gone into the best teaching of my life if Ricardo's influence wasn't there because I love teaching, you know, people English from other countries. I just, it's the best teaching of my life. So uh, in a way you inspired me to do what I was supposed to do here. And um, I can't thank you enough, but I don't need to because I, he knows, <laughs> I think he knows. I asked Ricardo and Dana what skills they gained from their time abroad. And I'd say to anyone who does AFS is what we've all discussed here is a willingness to learn to be open. And when you do that, there's no boundaries. You can learn anything if you're open, right? I mean, I think you you may go as an adaptable person, but then you may become maybe a humble person, or you may realize that, you know, you have this real skill set that you didn't know you had, and then you enhance that. It's starting with open mind, and then it's you know, the sky's the limit from there. I think it's uh, it's very important first to, to state that the skills that I took uh, were pretty much derived from the from the fact that there was a very good match done by AFS of, of you know, me uh, being the, let's say, the, the host student for them and there being the host family for me. But I think the skills that I took was the adaptation, the flexibility, the openness. I came from a family where I have three brothers, myself and three brothers, all Latinos, all Gauchos, all from the south of Brazil, et cetera, et cetera, kind of, I would say, close to redneck Brazil. Overall, I think that if I look at the threads of my life, being a citizen of the world to me is so important. I made a family where being citizens of the world is central to us, you know, so, so I think that AFS was such a, a nice expression of that. Both of Ricardo's kids participated in AFS programs. He has also worked in travel and hospitality for years and has been to over 100 countries. Well, I asked the group what advice they would have for potential AFS students. You know, really see past anything, just sort of have no particular view before you go, have an open, open vision and also patience. I I'm not by nature the most patient person, but I find I am when I travel and I'm around other people because my heart leads in a way. I just sort of realized, you know, this is something I don't know and I can step back and focus. So I would say patience is important. And I did want to mention, I do believe because of AFS, uh, I was head of global communications for Rosewood Hotels and Resorts. So I, like Ricardo, mm -hmm. have been in the travel business. I worked for the Peninsula Group. I, I think it gives you a really good toolkit for any job that you're going to have. So my advice would be muscle up and let those skills come to you. Don't fight it. 
and just really, they will be used over and over again in your one-on-one -on -one relationships, your business relationships, and anytime you're adapting to any environment. I wasn't on the development team of Rosewood, but they brought me in on a project because one of the executives said, you know, you're, you're sensitive with the, the cultural. These people do not want some big American company coming in and acting mm. like they know what they're doing. Could you come with us? And it, that was, that reminded me of my AFS roots. That's so. great. Thank you, uh -huh. Nina. That's great. I lived in Dallas for Rosewood and I was pregnant, nine months pregnant. And Ricardo was going to be flying through. He flies all over, does business all over. And we were going to meet for lunch. And I faxed him, not just the place where we're meeting for lunch, but the address of the hospital in case I was delivering. <laughs> And lo and behold, there he was in the delivery room. My mother said, Ricardo's here. Exactly. And, and he is my son's godfather. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He was a little nauseous. He had to run out of the room. But he earned the title of godfather. So that, that's a good thing. And I saw Giles' uh, birth. <laughs> wow. And my son was fortunate to go at, I guess, age 15. My son flew alone to Sao Paulo and stayed with Ricardo and Ileana, who Ileana is my, my sister, his wife is a, a big part of our AFS family by extension and by heart. Um, but my son uh, stayed with Ricardo and learned some things about work from Ricardo. So it, it cycles. And I can't wait to continue this with Yasmin as well in some regard. That's incredible. Wow. Just happened to be flying through, uh, just happened to be flying through Texas. I guess, how about you, Ricardo? What advice would you give to anyone maybe hesitant about doing an AFS program? Hey, I was invited like five or six years ago uh, to, um, I'm considered the senior person uh, in AFS Sao Paulo. I, I did a lot of work for AFS. I was president of the committee, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so sometimes they, they ask me, to tell my experience. But, but I, I told this group of, there was like 60 candidates and then 12 people that actually got approved to be part of experience. I said, challenge yourself, challenge yourself, you know. Don't choose easy destinations. Don't choose um, Latin America. Don't choose the United States. I mean, go to this small village in Thailand. Go to this very specific place in the mountains in Czech Republic, you know. I said, challenge yourself. I mean, see if, if you challenge yourself and you succeed, then you are an AFSer. Have an experience that takes you out of your comfort zone and you, you feel confident that you can take any other challenge in your life. Before we ended the conversation, I asked the group if they had anything else they wanted to share. It's one inspiration after another, one connection after another is really to me what AFS you know, really is about. And I really look at all these people and I think, you know, just good people in my life who actually have a lot in common. Uh, and if they were all sitting in a room together, you know, we'd be here for hours. <laughs> it's great. It's so beautiful to learn each other. You know, we can learn to adapt ourselves, to be more open, to tolerate more things. Uh, we see we are humans, okay? We are really just humans. It doesn't matter which passport do we have, which color do we have. For example, when I came to Germany to marry a German guy, I mean, uh, and to live in Germany, in Turkey, many people, they had judgments against the German people, okay? At that time, when they learned my husband and the whole family, and so many judgments were dissolved between all relatives, friends, 
between two cultures and encourage people, especially people who live in this country, that this is what it means to be alive, not just stay in your what look you know a comfortable situation. Get out there because the only way to know what it's like in another place or a mindset you'll understand if you go to that place, even if you go for a week. I I just want you to make a comment to say I think I I think I'm a good friend, a good husband, a good father, a good son, a, a good citizen, and I think I'm a good AFSer. I think I'm a good AFSer in the sense that I impact positively the life of people such as Dana, Diane, Denise, Camille, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and they impacted me tremendously in my life. I worked for the AFS for a number of years when I was back in Brazil, uh, helping people have this experience because it's a life-changing experience. Uh, and I think that this is so important in my life. Thank you all so much for taking the time this morning, this afternoon Thank to chat you. with me. This was Thank great. You. So nice to meet you. And Yasmin, so nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm very happy to see you all here. Ricardo, also Camille. I'm sure we will we will keep in touch. Come to my class on the internet. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not send me an invitation? Yes, and Yasmin, Yasmin will do another Zoom soon and make plans. Yes, please. Please. I barely know Yasmin, but I consider her a sister because Dana's sister is my sister as well. I feel the same. Thank you, Ricardo. <laughs> I love that. Look what you did. You made another addition to their family. That was Dana Rutzen, Camille Lennon, Ricardo Ferreira, and Yasmin Modler. I hope you could see through this episode the impact of Ricardo's AFS program in the U.S. and Dana's program in Turkey. Over AFS's 75 years, there have been so many stories like this, and I'm glad I was able to share this one with you. Thank you for listening to the AFS Exchange. I'm Kate Mulvihill. Remember, in honor of the 75th anniversary of AFS, we'll be releasing four episodes this month. That's four times the stories of the impact AFS has had on the lives of its participants over the years. Let us know what you thought of this episode by sending a message to podcast at AFSUSA.org. You can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can subscribe there as well. Season two of the AFS Exchange will bring you conversations with hosted students, educators, host families, volunteers, and more. This podcast was created by Kate Mulvihill. Social media by Julie Ball. Editing support by Nina Gollin. Thank you to our guests, Dana Rutzen, Camille Lennon, Ricardo Ferreira, and Yasmin Modler.